That doesn't, doesn't seem accurate to me at all. Oh my gosh. I would never lie. Holy cow, you guys know what's over? I feel like it's the off season. Thank God. It's the preseason. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DFS Podcast. Presented as always by DraftKings Sports, with America's top of sports for DraftKings from the code DNVR. Whenever you sign up. Look at this, guys. A day so special, so vibey, yeah. so exciting that we just added giant vote to the group. Why not? Happy to be here. Happy to be a little bit bigger for once. It's like you <laughs> took one of those mushrooms in Super Smash Bros. Right. Yeah. Just powered up big time. <laughs> Fun fact. That's just what happens when I smoke pot. I just get bigger. I just grow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, also buying here, the man, this, the, the real MVP today. Was Dev in his sweater? Look at that sweater. Yeah, man, I laid that thing out last night. I, I know you did. <laughs> I knew you did. I kept on walking by it. I'm like, yo, should I iron it again or something? Like, <laughs> oh no, my no, God. No. Like, what, what shoes do I put on with that? And I was like, you know what? I'll figure it out in the morning. Then I came late. <laughs> you did walk in late. Classic. I, I, Classic was, late that was arrival. Late to media day. L- yeah. It was literally the worst part is it was 30 seconds late. Oh, me, they closed the doors. You're me, done. me and Jenna, 30 seconds late. And we had to just, mm-hmm. like, you don't want to get in. Um, there was another person that was late. They didn't care. They walked in. And I was like, call them out. Call no, I'm not yeah. going to call names. anybody Use out names. like that. Yeah. I was, what the, I what's the name the sound like? Fifth. <laughs> and then over here, the man with the wind in his hair. It's Harrison. Yeah. I only wish I could have as much swag as Dev. Like. <laughs> I kind of, I'm not going to lie. I never will, I, I'm a little surprised you didn't come suit or, you know. Suit? Have you saying. seen me dress over the last <laughs> two years? Take, <laughs> take us through this top. Is this sporty? Is this work? What is, like, it's not that interesting, oh, okay. actually. I don't right, actually sorry. care about the answer to that. <laughs> Guys, media day. We have a lot to get to I'd today. I'd say golf attire. Oh, God, yeah. I said I didn't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, there's a lot to get to today. This show might run a little bit long um, because this was media day, and I gotta say, this was my eighth media day. I think I'm not to brag here. Eighth media day coming. You're you know, just saying that you're old. I'm just saying, saying that I am old. Not not quite as. I'm not DeAndre Jordan trying to make Oof, sure everybody whoa, knows I'm not wow. too old. Um, no, but this was my eighth media day, and I gotta say, they all have their own personality. The personality of this one for me was extreme vibes, and I mean that in the best way. I don't want to overstate. It's just media day. It doesn't mean that much. But it means something. Like we're going to get later in the show, we're going to talk about teams that maybe didn't have the best vibes. But my big picture takeaway before we get into indie specifics was the guys seem like they're very happy. They mm-hmm. feel like they're in a very good place for day number one. Yeah, I think that that was like my big takeaway as well. Is just people are loose, a lot more loose than they have been in the past. You know, every single year you try to, um, you know, decipher what it means. Um, to have those championship like aspirations and things like that. But these guys seem like comfortable. It seems like there's no pressure on them this year. Um, like I've seen in the past. Like they're just like, hey, you know, this is the team. They feel a lot more close and I just feel like they're just gonna be loose this year. Everybody seems super close with with one another. Yeah. It started from something Michael Malone said really early on in his remarks. He said that last September was the worst September since he's been in Denver in terms of guys just being in the gym. Do you remember being that? Being in the facility. Do you remember that being a thing? Because I don't remember him saying that. At the time. At the time. That's oh, at I mean. the time. No, yeah, I don't remember. Neither, that's what no. I mean is that a lot of, a, a lot of like, I, I was kind of surprised to hear that because I don't remember that being the case and it was never a topic of conversation. So it kind of shows you just how much can be behind the scenes right. sure. on those types of things. He said that and then followed up later and said, like, we've pretty much had the whole team here. Right. Like the last month or so, just scrimmaging, practicing, playing. 
And you could just see that kind of carry over to how everybody talked today. Everybody's just happy to be here. Everybody's excited. Everybody's just vibing out. Um, there's a great chemistry with this group right now. You felt that today. The spirit just could not be higher. And um, it got me going. Like, it got me really excited, too. Yeah. I think it's a lot of what the team was missing last year, too. They got through that season admirably. It did not look like a season full of joy. Right. And I think that that component really matters. It can be overstated, but you can come in over serious and, and tension can build early and, and uh, you can burn out early. But I think there's an element of when when you're in, when you're actively enjoying the work you're putting in and you're seeing those results mm-hmm. and you're having fun, I think it just makes it easier to go to work every day. And obviously it was palpable today. Yeah. I want to, my first note here for Michael Malone, and I'd actually heard this last week, he was in a car accident. Apparently he and Ryan Bowen had got a hit and run. Uh, where, uh, and I heard it is actually kind of bad, like kind of bad, you know, kind of shook him up a little bit. So um, he brought that out. I kind of figured he would bring it up, but it was classic Malone to start this with. It was like first question, how was your summer? Well, I was hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, wow, all right. Other well, than that, though. <laughs> other than that, though. Um, so just I, honestly, though, him and Ryan Bowen in the car together apparently get hit. It is a little bit of a story, like a little micro story. Like, wow, what a weird yeah. thing. Um, but Michael Malone, as we all expected, I thought tried to set a tone. We knew he was going to come in and do that. And he put a bunch of numbers out. I don't know if we have all of them like written down. I'll have to go back and transcribe. We just came over from Ball Arena. But he says, you can't be 15th in defensive rating and be serious about winning a title. And it's not just about the new players. They want to get this. And then here's the best, the most important part, I thought, vote. He put out a number. Fifth. He wants them to be a top five. Defense. We kept talking, could they be a top 10 defense this year? He said top five. Mm. He sure did. And look, that's uh, who was it later? Was it Jamal? That I said think it, it was Yoke. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Jamal. Think... Everybody wants to yeah, be a yeah. top five defense. But yeah. listen, I think Malone always tries to set that bar high. And it only makes sense to set it higher with obviously the defensive personnel, which it's very clear Malone loved those decisions moving in that direction. But also, again, that word of burnout, like last season was sixth gear just to keep your head above water. And I think in, in for the guys returning, they're returning to a different equation, right? And so everyone should have the, the capacity, the extra room to give defensively, to commit to that, because things should be a little bit easier on the other end. So I'm obviously not surprised to hear Malone say that, but I think this is the first year where you hear it and it feels, I don't want to say on the table, but not like a pipe dream. In the past, when he said stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, maybe for a month, we'll see. But I think this group ha- has what it takes to be, you know, at least top seven, top eight. I got mixed messages in terms of that because I kind of felt like Jamal Murray was almost making it sound like that's a pipe dream of like. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I think that'll be an interesting story. Look, the team, the thing to know about pre-camp is that there have been guys that have been around, including Jamal. But it doesn't really start until today. Today's mm-hmm. the first day. As Michael Malone always begins this. They fly to San Diego right now. They're probably already in the air or taking off now. Malone has a dinner, and he speaks, and players will speak, and that's the official like start of the season. That's where the buzzwords that they have thought of and, and things like top five defense, that's the first time that's communicated to the team in mass. And so <laughs> it was interesting to me that Michael Malone was like, top five, this is a target, we're going to go for this, and then some of the players were kind of like, 
we'll see. Yeah, but I feel like you have to do that as the coach. Like, that should be the mindset yeah. is defense wins championships. And we already know that the whole emphasis and idea of this year is to, to bring back Jamal Murray, bring back a Michael Porter Jr. with already – um, Jokic being the MVP. So you already know, and you've heard it a lot of times, that the offense is going to work itself out. But now they have to work, uh, focus on the defense. And I feel like that's what they did with their like new acquisitions, with um, what they did in the offseason and bringing in um, those type of guys with that type of mantra. And I feel like that's where Calvin Bufu is, you know, hitting for the offseason. So, like, you have to have it on both sides where – you're going to talk about, you know, defense the entire time. But, like, the guys know. They're like, hey, we're going to be fine regardless. Let's just get to playing basketball. So it made sense for Jamal to be the guy. But you know what's funny, though, is at the end, unprompted, he made reference to the fact that Nathaniel Hackett is his neighbor. And he said, how about that Broncos game? And, like, look, this is classic Malone. He just, everything he says has a little purpose to it. And one of the things he's saying, saying is, like, what a game. What a defense last night. <laughs> now, this game, if you don't know, if you don't follow the Broncos, they won 11-10, to 10, which in football would be like winning a basketball game 65-68. to 68. It's like the lowest scoring you could possibly have. Inept offenses. And what's funny to me, if you follow this, if you follow, like, the NFL and you follow the Broncos, after the game, the media was like, what crap, this game, they won, but how terrible. But the reports out of that locker room were that the Broncos were through the moon or over the moon, through the roof. The vibes were incredible in mm -hmm. the Broncos locker room. And you think, you guys had 11 points, you eked out a win against this team. Like, what is this? But be And this was, I think, kind of what Malone is joking but also being serious about is when you can win with defense, it feels extra good. Because you right. just know your offense is going to come along. Well, especially like, with this team, yeah. The Broncos, you mean? No, the, the Nuggets. Point? But, but I think there's a point, and I'm making the point here of like, you can win 130, 120 for a month straight, but when you beat a team, when you had a horrible offensive night, there's an extra little bit of, hey, we feel like we're actually good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think what Malone said is also just a continuation of the theme that he put into the ether after last season. You know, he's been on this from last playoffs into the off season. And even now we need to get better defensively. And that was the focus of most of their off season acquisitions. KCP, Bruce Brown, right? They think Deandre Jordan's going to help protect the rim. They were the worst defense at the rim last year. Historically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's the stat I could, I didn't have it. It was something it like in the last 20 years, nobody's been worse defending the rim than the nuggets were last year. Opponent shot like 70 plus percent at the rim against them. So, Everything has kind of been put into motion this offseason to address the defense. And that theme continued today. Another theme to me that's very important is the idea of veterans. This is the most veteran team, I think. Yes. Probably the most veteran team of this era. Now, part of this is just because, like, Yoke's a veteran now. He's been along. So a lot of the guys that haven't... But also, it was important because Malone made reference to this. They had their conditioning test earlier this week. Immediately after that, they all went over to Aaron Gordon's house. This was all over the internet and played in his warehouse slash house that has a basketball court. And then after that, they went and played paintball. And Michael Malone said, these aren't things that have been happening in the past. And he didn't say any one person. But we get the sense from the today, Ish Smith, yep. extremely charismatic. Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan, we'll talk yep. about them later. To me, the stars of the show today. Um, Bruce Brown, even Casey. Like, there just seems to be a lot of guys that understand 
the ebbs and flows of an 82-game season and are like, hey, this is the point of the year where we go play paintball and do some stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's big. Uh, you know, when we all started, everybody on this team was talking about how this was the youngest team in right. the NBA and how everybody was just completely different and um, going through just learning how to be in the league. Like you talked about, Jokic, Jamal, like the core, they're all vets. You know, yeah. they're older guys. There's not many young guys on the team, and that's why it's like a breath of fresh air when you get it. But having those guys that have been there, um, bringing in an Ish Smith who's been on every single team in the league, it feels like. Bringing in a, a DeAndre Jordan who's been around the block and a Jeff Green. Those are not just guys that are just going to be molding young guys. They're also still playing. They're also, you know, a big part of the team. So um, having guys that, you know, can teach you um, still small things that you, you know, need to learn, but also mix it in with playing right. and stuff. That's just, I feel like, what the difference is. But that, to me, the playing, the paintball and that kind of stuff is its own thing. Like, it's not even, you. Mm -hmm. it, it's not as if it's a side dish. It's like, it's actually one of the main courses of an NBA season. And here's what I think is interesting. One of the things I always come back to is Richard Jefferson. He was a, one of the vets one at one point in time, talking about how boring this team was. And yeah. it was like the most boring team he'd ever been on. Two things. One... I think you're seeing the difference between a Richard Jefferson type leadership. And I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. Just saying it maybe wasn't the right veteran for this team. I don't know. But secondly, this team doesn't seem boring anymore. This actually mm. seems the least boring That's team of the Nuggets take. of the Jokic era. That's a great take. Look, a lot of it is these new guys. I mean, Ish Smith, I did not know. Until I talked to him today. Love him. What a treat. I know. What a treat to talk <laughs> to Ish great. Smith. Great perspective. Great energy. Yeah. Uh, and... I really think there is something to the guys that have figured out how to survive in the not not be stars but survive for a long right. time. They're gonna have a valuable perspective yeah. on the ebbs and flows of the season. But Ish has personality. DeAndre has personality. He brought personality out of Jeff Green that I hadn't seen yet. Uh, so I think that those guys being friends helps a lot. But there there was there was a kind of almost schoolboy at first day of school right making trouble kind of in a good way from right. this group where look some of the guys in the past no matter how we feel about them you know gary harris jeremy grant quiet fellas even paul millsap like paul millsap there have been yeah. a lot of guys that have been boring in the ways that we're talking about these veterans yeah. being fun exactly yeah but even to to go on to that with the richard jefferson thing i think they were boring at the time like i think that yeah, if you look at sure. the yeah if you look at the new guys that are bringing it that's who's um bringing in the fresh air that's who's doing those things like paul Millsap was the one that brought everybody over um and put them in his facility now it's mm -hmm. aaron gordon we're seeing a lot more of bones highland he's online like we don't see many other guys True. online um ish smith seems to have his own personality and deandre jordan like those are new guys so maybe there's something to just bringing in guys that have that type of you know characteristics or personality where they're a lot more open and it's now getting other guys to be a bit more open or at least the idea that they can be more open and it's still fun so right i right. think that that is the richard jefferson wasn't wrong for saying that no it's he just wasn't now wrong. starting yeah starting but to change you know what else i don't it. think he did was have people over to his warehouse yeah. and, well, that's exactly. that, and that's yeah. what i'm saying is i think yep. Jeff, i think I, again i don't know this but i think there was a little bit of a like man this kind of is a bummer i thought it was gonna be more fun versus these guys that are like we're gonna make this fun and there are yeah. more fun personalities of this or that I, we got to keep it moving there's so much guys though i gotta go move really quick here um 
Another thing that I thought was really interesting, you know what took front stage today in a way that I'm sure Josh Kroenke loved and Stan Kroenke loved? <laughs> Having to go to San Diego. Asked about it by a lot of people, including Michael Malone, and they all hate it. So just in case you were wondering, they all hate it. And he says, the first, somebody asked him, what is the reason for this? And he goes, well, the reason is our practice facility is too small. And then he said something like, if we get one, excuse me, when we get one, so he almost corrected himself, a bigger one than we could fit everybody. But... Um, to, that was a bit of a talking point today, even amongst the players who were like, I would rather be here getting used to the altitude right. as opposed to going to well, San Diego. Was it Bruce Brown or KCP? KCP, yep. It was KCP. It was like, yeah, I wish we had training camp here so I could get used oh, to the altitude. DeAndre Jordan. Oh, yeah, DeAndre Jordan, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, is, it is a little interesting how you would go to some place that's sea level and then come back up to they altitude. They used to go to Colorado Springs, but yeah. yeah. It's a waste. I mean, they are training Twice. here oh, yeah. all you know this month, last month. So you're getting accustomed to it. DeAndre think, Jordan. I actually don't think they are. I think if you actually look at the rhythm of the season, they come back for three, four days to play against Oklahoma City in the preseason. But then they're in California for like the rest of the. They're on the road for the rest of the preseason. So I actually, th it was one of the things I thought about of like when they get home. For actual home games, they're not going to have any acclimation to the, I don't think at that point. They won't have spent enough time here. Yeah. But DeAndre Jordan's been here for the last month. Well, okay. So sure. he's trying to get acclimated because he's going to be going back and forth so much. So right. it's definitely uh, something. Yeah. Again, trying to keep this moving. We'll get into some player specifics now. Um, you know, he was asked about Bones Highland. He thought, uh, again, something that's been reiterated to me through everybody I've talked to, that Bones had a tremendous summer. And what I thought was great from Michael Malone was the specific reason for why he felt. And the word he used was maturation. Mm -hmm. He said that he felt like Bones needed to mature a little bit. And he noted it's going to be more, you know, there's still more to go. But, you know, you come into the league at 20 years old, there's a lot of just growing up you had to do. And I asked him, what does that mean? Like, what does it look like? And he said it was a more serious presence when he's working out, more intensity. Um, but also just you can, he used this, you can feel sometimes when somebody's in the gym, you, you know, you get a, a sense. And he said that's what it was this summer with Bones. You could always feel when he was in the gym. And I just thought that was a really, I was glad he put it into those terms. You know what I mean? So it wasn't just this abstract Bones had a good summer. It was like, hey, no, you could tell he was here and he was working. Yeah, I mean, he's he's continuing to get better. And also, he even went on to say that uh, you forget that this is only his second year. Like, that just is the type of presence that Bones brings. Like, he's he's an outgoing, um, extreme type of player. And just having him in there, and a lot is riding on him this year. So I'm glad that every single person had to get a touch point of Bones because mm -hmm. this is a big year for him, especially with, you know, being the backup to Jamal, who has to still work himself um, back into things. Right. So, like, having to... to take a not just fun approach but also professional and, and be more focused like in a way he's gonna have to be a leader even though he's just so young but that's how like that's the way you're supposed to be so having those older vets around where he is the young guy and, and trying to work his way into that goes a long way but it's great to hear all of the positive things coming out of Bones Highland because he is the most important player when it comes to just like the maturation process of the team. So it was great. It's a tightrope walk with him too, because you don't want bones to lose who he is and right. what makes him bones, but you do need to reel certain right. stuff in. So it's, right. it's a balancing act and having the vets. I wonder if we're talking about Ish Smith as helpful in this regard, two, three months mm. down the line. I want to keep it moving here. Two other players before we take our first break, but two other players. One, I get to collect a check from um, my colleague, Matt Moore later on today. He was emphatic 
when asked about Colin Gillespie or however he came up, and he's like, people don't realize he was going to play this year. He was going to have a role for our team, which is something I full heart, fully believed when I was watching Summer League. I was like, this guy's an NBA player in a specific role. And, you know, he just went out of his way to mention that how much he... Mm-hmm. And look, he's an East Coast point guard. What's Michael Malone, an East Coast point guard? I mean, there's a... You know Michael Malone sees he, himself in college. A thousand percent. But he went out of his way to kind of say like, hey, no, that's not how we do business here. That's yeah. why we kept him. Most teams, and I believe him when he says this, most teams would have just like cut him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it does say something. And then lastly, on Zeke Naji, um, <laughs> it's funny. You know, he says he's a big, which is funny to me because at the exit interview, what did he say? He's a power forward. This time he made sure to say he's a big. He's not a three. I don't know if that was clarification because when he said it at the exit interview, Zeke Naji is a, a four, it almost felt like he was pigeonholing, pigeonholing him into that, saying he's not a five, he's not a three, he's a four. And Zeke Naji today said he prefers to play the four. That's his most comfortable spot. But Michael Malone did amend that comment to say he is a four or a five, basically, kind of giving him the option there. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you just look at Zeke also today, and the guy looks jacked. Yeah. He put on, what did he say? Ten, Ten pounds of muscle. Yeah. You can tell. He's not bullshitting about that. Right. And... I mean, you can just connect the dots and say that a reason he's bulking up is to potentially play some minutes at center. So mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see how it sorts out. I mean, one of my takeaways from today is I don't think the backup center position is solidified. Yeah. I think a couple different guys could play that. DeAndre Jordan, Zeke Naj, like they'll see how it works out. But um, yeah, uh, I just hope that Zeke can can get some steady minutes off the bat because last year he showed what he could do with some consistent playing time. Adam, were you a bit shocked that Zeke uh, did not embrace that backup center role with it being uh, like an open space? That's an opportunity for him to play. And then when asked about it, um, what's your position? He's like, you know, I'm the four. I'm a four guy. And they've already tried to move him around to the three. So they're trying to get him away from the backup five. But I feel like if he embraces that, wouldn't that be the opportunity for him to get more minutes? Yes and no, though, because yes, if you think about yourself in terms of season by season, like here on this this team, but Zeke is a player that I think is good enough to be thinking even more long-term about what's best for him, and I agree with him. I think he's best as a four. Yep. You lose a little bit um, of what makes you special. If you have to, like, if you have to play big, all of a sudden he's not, you know, he's kind of undersized, this or that. So I do, th- I do understand why he would personally want to be there. I do think, to your point, though, looking at the specific season, he's probably going to get more minutes either at the five or alongside Jeff Green where there's just no five, and we'll have to see how that goes. A couple other quick notes here. Calvin Booth talked about, you know, he's already been asked these questions, but he talked again today about how he feels that Michael Malone, and I actually think I can see this in the press conferences, is really going all out to try to embrace and empower Calvin Booth. I feel like, again, I'm not trying to put too fine of a point on this, but I feel like Michael Malone... Um, likes Calvin Booth's vi- vision. Like they, they've used a lot of the same buzzwords. I mean, yeah. Look at the guys he's brought in. Defense is the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is I feel like there is a lot of Calvin being like, boom, the guy that's like fully in on the things I'm fully in on. Again, yeah. is that good, bad? We're going to find out. You know, the mm-hmm. Nuggets win a championship with these guys. I think we're going to say yes. But <laughs> nonetheless, I think we, to me, that's really stood out in all of the conversations. Um, 
the consideration Calvin Booth said when he was he was asked a question about losing Barton and Monte to playmakers, and you bring in Bruce Brown and KCP who are not necessarily playmakers, mm-hmm. and he said, to be honest, that wasn't a, a consideration for us, meaning we don't think that's, that's important. A plus guys, that was the biggest thing, and we they bring defense and length and, and sort of the style of play that he believes that they needed to move towards. But he went on to say, and I think it's funny, I'm sure George Carl disagrees as evidenced by when we did our show together, he says you don't need Chris Paul. You don't need a point guard if you have Nikola Jokic. So we don't feel like we have a lack of playmaking. We have enough playmaking between Bones and Murray and Jokic, and you don't necessarily need these shooting guards that can handle the ball. That'll be another thing that we kind of um, uh, we see going into it. Um, and then again, he was asked, or actually they were both asked, but he answered, are there any limitations for Michael Porter? Because we know with Jamal Murray being cleared, you know, we kind of know the status of him. He said it's been mostly linear progress, meaning no setbacks, you know, over the summer, and that um, there's no limitations for him right now. They'll get into camp and kind of see how everything goes. So, to me, the big meeting between the Nuggets and the team doctors is tomorrow. <laughs> is that right? That's what Thanks. he was saying the whole day today. Oh, okay, yeah, the I big see. meeting when they're going to decide on the pathway for you know Jamal, Nicola, MPJ, how much they're going to play in the preseason, how much they're going to practice. The big meeting is tomorrow. Right. Should be a, a big day. I did take note of the fact that it was framed as he says he's he's feeling the best he's ever felt. Like there wasn't a lot of it's important. I think uh, of direct. You know, uh, there wasn't anyone saying I think it's he says this, and and there haven't been setbacks. Well, with the meeting coming up tomorrow, um, maybe big this meeting. is his way to to put, put pitch himself to have the conversation of hey, I am able to come back. I'm able to play. I have no limitations. He came out straight up and said that. Yeah. So maybe this is his pitch because they're going to have their own, you know, ideas. Let's couch yeah. that because we're going to have a Michael Porter segment coming up. I just wanted to get through the big things yeah. with Calvin and, and Michael uh, and Michael Malone. On the other side, we'll talk about what they said about Jamal Murray and obviously what Jamal Murray said about himself and about his situation, which I think is maybe the most interesting part of all media name. Ivaka TV. Guys, get set up with Ivaka right now so you're good to go for Nuggets season. In less than a month, go to ivaka.tv slash Colorado 10. Ivaka.tv slash Colorado 10. Hey, Nuggets game next Monday. Yeah. Nuggets game next Monday, guys. My goodness. Ivaka, it's $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. But right now, you guys can get $10 off that for those first three months. Ivaka.tv slash Colorado 10. Also gets it up with these guys before Nugget season. There's a lot of late nights during the Nugget season for us. If you're watching, Athletic Greens can help you out the next morning. One scoop of Athletic Greens every single morning puts you on to a great day. Just the perfect routine starter. Um, one cup of Athletic Greens, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. You put one scoop in a cup of water every single morning. It's how you start your day. You're going to feel great. So go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Alrighty, there we go. Back here, segment two. Let's jump right into it. Jamal Murray, obviously the guy we most wanted to hear from today. Um, Quick note. With Media Day, they had one press conference set up, one table, uh, and they live-streamed it, so you guys could probably go see that if you want to after the show. You can go look at, you know, fast-forward to the parts you want or what have you. But I love that they brought Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic out together. Mm -hmm. That just warmed my heart. It was one of the best parts about it. 
What's your big takeaway here, vote, from uh, Jamal Murray's press conference? Well, we heard Bones Highland say, I'm in a great headspace. I thought Jamal Murray seemed to be in a great headspace. This is fantastic. I, obviously, it's the first time we've talked to him in a while in, in as media. And, uh, well, Kale, Kale's doing it live. So, uh, but he, I thought, had a renewed energy for the process of the media. I also think there's something to the point that Dev said earlier where, you know, I think some of the younger guys come into the league and they're not sure how to handle media. You see Jeff Green, DeAndre, Ish Smith get up there and joke and keep it loose 13 years in. Maybe it's not this big, bad media monster, but mostly I thought he had a refreshed energy for the process, a changed perspective, I think. Not like a radically changed one, but I think I, I think some of what's important about the process and the game and what it means to him was driven home by going through this process. This is I overuse this expression, but Jamal seen, looked to me like a guy who's finally breathing through two lungs again after after a year of only having one and the relief is almost palpable. So just I, to be clear, though, not no lung injury on top of the yeah. Knee just injury. to be just crystal clear, just an awkward <laughs> both metaphor. lungs are working. Okay. Awkward metaphor. Jamal's fine. What do you think, Dev? What stood out to you? I think Jamal was uh, as loose as I've, as I've ever seen him for sure. Um, in a setting like that, especially like. Media day used to be like you just go and grab guys. It was, you know, more open. Um, you know, you could talk about things that are not just basketball. You could uh, – I feel like they were just a lot, lot more loose with you. In that type of setting, it's just like so many questions where it's getting grilled. It feels like uh, like after they lose, you know, for the year and you have to do like the exit interviews. That's kind of like the, the mindset it feels like. He did not make it seem like that. It was fun for him. Yeah. It was – he was yeah. ready to talk. He wanted to talk about, you know, the injury and also coming back from that. Um, and just, I feel like a, a new sense of, like, life in, in, in a way. Um, he's he's joking a lot more. He's He seems like him and Jokic are in a way better space than they've ever been. Um, and it wasn't just, like, you know, straight Bruce Lee quotes from Jamal Murray, <laughs> you know? And, and I like I that. that. I really think that he, he was his best self today. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that he's starting to do that. So it's just part of him, um, his maturation process. It wasn't like if he somebody says something to him and he wants to just refute that or just, like, battle. I feel like every single person gave their real that, answer um, for things. And it wasn't like a, a media versus the players. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, and you're right that of all the players on the Nuggets roster, especially of the of the star players or you know big big players, Jamal Murray has been in the past the most combative in that way, and he really was not today in a way that I I just I personally really appreciated. But I also looked at it and I thought that as I think you're saying is that seemed like both a sign of maybe personal growth. Just kind of he's was 23 last time he really did media consistently. Now he's 25. That's a big gap. But also maybe just, as he said, not taking the game for granted. And yeah. that means perhaps including this part of it, which, look, man, we've interviewed players from the 90s. You know, like the, the Nuggets would bring guys back, and you could tell that they missed being in front of the camera. Like, like right. nobody ever asked me this stuff anymore, and it's kind of nice to be back here. And I do wonder, it's annoying when you do it every single day, but I do wonder when you just miss all of it, if you start to like even the bad parts. Yeah. My word that I would come back to with, Jamal is just grateful. I feel like yeah, he's just grateful great. for everything. Just to be one of the guys again. To put on a jersey again. Well, to just be able to play again. To right. be in the locker room with the fellas. To just go through the routine. Jamal's such a routine-oriented guy. Like From his preparation to watching film 
to like the media stuff to what he does post game and just to be back in that routine again, I feel like he's grateful because yeah. without basketball, like, I don't know how much else he has. Right. I remember when, uh, we spoke to him, it wasn't right when he got hurt, but it was during his rehab. And I was like, have you picked up any hobbies, you know, since the injury? And he was like, no, basketball's <laughs> my life. So yeah. I just got this sense from him that he's really grateful to just be back in the mix, be yeah. back in the swing of things. Um, another thing, though, he still said taking time to play without thinking about it, which is an interesting one because you had like Michael Porter who had the exact opposite take where he's like, I don't, when you jump or dunk, you don't think about whether you're going to twist an ankle. Jamal Murray, in the exact opposite, he said, still taking that time and there's still steps along the way, even though we heard from others that Jamal Murray looks great. Like we asked yeah. him, like, how does he look in these workouts? And they're like, oh man, he's fully back. Yeah. So, Again, I like the, you have to be confident, a certain level of confidence in yourself to be like, hey, man, I still have more to go. Like, there's big steps along the way when everyone else is like, I don't know, he looks like Prime right. Jamal. Because it's one thing to play in the Nuggets practice gym in yeah, Phoenix, where it. he's been in Australia. And then it's another thing to play on an NBA court with a crowd. Once that happens for the first, that's going to be a big step. The first preseason game opening, like, that's going to be a big step in just taking a deep breath, and I, I think him being like, all right, I'm okay. I, I will. So the one thing I kind of, when I talk about him like being grateful and actually answering questions today in a way he didn't, he did blow one question off, which was, I asked if he's played with with Jokic yet. Knowing that the answer was likely no, Jokic just got back last night, as Michael Malone said, he was milking the clock of the offseason, showing up the last <laughs> minute to get in, which is funny. Two-time MVP, you can do that. But the reason I thought it was, I was hoping that it would get a little bit more play is, to me, that's a big moment i don't know if it is for those guys but it is like all right you've played in pro-ams you played in five on fives you played with you know bones and all this or that but getting back on the court with nicola mm -hmm. you know to me again they're stockton and malone they're like an iconic duo so to me that there's a level of being back once you get to play with your other right. half so to right. speak yeah i thought he did he did ultimately say though they looked at each other and they said we don't it's not an explicit game plan, you know? We don't talk to each other about how we want to go about it. It's read and react. And I do think that's an element that'll be a bit more like riding a bike. I do think when they're together, they'll, they'll know what to do. Yeah, but, a lot of what he did speak about, though, was uh, mental. Like, yeah. a, a lot more mental than anything else. Like, he did, you know, discuss being sore still right. after working out and things like that. That stood out to me a lot. So, like, just show that he's still not there. But also, he said it's, like, still simple things like walking down the stairs. So, like, he's not back. Like, I, you know, I, I, he, didn't ne he never declared that he was back either. And he said he still has a long way to go. On the other end, everybody else is saying he's back and he's ready. And the reason I, I even also know that he's not all the way back, he never once talked about his one-on-one -on -one or anything like that. Like, And that's something that he discusses often. Um, he so, might not have like played Bones one-on-one -on -one yet because he's not quite... Yeah, he's not. He's not enough. there like, yet. Um, he's like, I can't beat him eleven to one yet. Yeah. <laughs> it might be like eleven to. But it was. Seven. It, it is I don't great know, man. See, I don't know. It is great to see that he is like still open, but he's also still very open about he is not right. himself but yet. I think Wind hit the nail on the head, though. I don't think he can achieve that clarity and confidence off the NBA court. Yeah. Until he sees himself go yeah. out and do it for a week, he's gonna have these questions. I think. Mm -hmm. Um. The with with Yoke, you know, being there with him, you know, Yoke just got back. 
We were talking about this. Yoko to me was one of the few. There's two players today that I thought were maybe a little edgier than than, yeah. than usual. Everybody else vibes up 100. percent You don't worry about Yoko, but I do remember this last year. Last year was the, you know, the horse smell has a certain smell or something that's so only the horseman can appreciate. Yeah. That was last year, and I just remember thinking. Yoke's worst week of the year is the first week he gets back from Serbia. <laughs> like it takes him like a week to, and that's how I felt today. Yeah. Some people were Dev. You and I were talking about like he was the one that he was kind of a jerk almost today, more so than than he typically. You know, he usually is just like neutral, and today he was a little edgy. And I honestly think it was that he just got back, man. It's like. A dad at work first day after vacation. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it does come to that. He even alluded to the fact that, you know, he he was he just got back. Because yeah. that's why he said that him and Jamal have not played um, and things like that. But also, I think that he really is just a different person. Like, yeah. I think he is now, like, understanding I am that guy. Like, it's not to say that he's cocky or things like that. Because I actually appreciate the fact that he now understands, like, I'm better. You know, I'm just uh, I'm. Everyone keeps talking about the leadership aspect. Everyone keeps talking about these things. But he's also the back-to-back MVP. And they keep on talking about the things he needs to grow on. But I do think that he was responding back to, to every single thing in a defensive way, kind of speak. But he he's proved it. He's shown that he's the best player in the world. You know, So he does have those type of things. But it is you know different to see like how he is um, changed in those type of aspects. But I think it's better for him on the court. You know what he's not a fan of? The new rule for the take foul, which by you could call the Jokic foul, the, sure. the fast break one. I actually, it was one of the sneaky, more interesting things today, was him not only hating that rule and going into different like reasons for down. it and doubling down. And like, he didn't want to answer questions today. And that one, he was like, I got, look me, I've got layers to yeah, my opinion on it. He yeah. even jumped in when and, Jamal was talking. Yeah. And he, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then he almost said what would have been probably the most interesting thing he's ever said, which was like, there's a bunch of other rules they should fix before they fix that one. It's like, what? And he's like, I don't want to get fined. Which, first of all, you wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. If you're talking broadly about the rule book, right. I don't think you'll get fined. Nonetheless, it made me sit and think, I don't know why this was weird to me, Wind. That he actually has, like, very deep and nuanced thoughts about the NBA rule book. I like, never thought about that I was kind of like, before. wow, I would yeah. not have guessed he had these yeah. takes. Like, what do you think he wants changed? That's what I started wondering. What okay. rule does Nico Jokic want changed? Probably allow you to guard the perimeter. <laughs> I'm serious. This is my big thing nobody talks about in the NBA. You can't guard the perimeter. It's a joke. It's a gimmick. Yeah. No three-point line. <laughs> Gee, they could jump sideways into you. They could just do anything if, out if of the I'm, perimeter. If I'm bleeding from my arms, call the foul. Maybe that's, yeah, probably, yeah. Maybe that's a change <laughs> he's looking for. You're right. It actually probably wasn't that deep. He was probably just like, call for foul. He, remember when Yoke, in, in a Serbian interview, so this is indirect, but he said he, he referred to the NBA media thing as the circus, right? Yeah. He's just, oh, he was at the circus today. Yeah, he just yeah. hates the questions. There was one question, and it was... He four, didn't like any of the questions. And there was one he hated, and it was... And I know what he hated about it. Someone asked Jamal what the best thing about Jokic is off the court. And Jokic rolled yeah, his eyes so right. hard they never came back down. You're right. And he just doesn't understand why we find him interesting. He probably hated our service. People always write me and they're like, Yoke probably really yeah. appreciates like, guys, I think he hated that. He, he is good at basketball and that part he knows and he almost <laughs> reluctantly accepts. But why that makes him interesting, he resents that notion. Yeah. And so when we, which is unfortunate because we find him so deeply interesting. We find him but, in, uh, from a distance. I will say, though, we're burying the lead here, guys. We're 30 minutes into the show, and there is a top story today. He had a quote that he just sneaks in there. Every now and then, Yoke just sneaks one in there, and he says, I want to be the Tim Duncan of the Denver Nuggets. 
but I need a couple of championships to yeah, be him. A couple. Not one. He, he said a couple. He's never, like, Yoke never really shares his own goals in that way. But I, and again, he, he was asked later about, so you want to retire here? And he's like, I don't want to say something. And then maybe he made a joke. Maybe Nick O'Hare throws something at me and I want to leave. But he was saying, like, look, I'm not going to say that because who knows what the future will. I honestly believe that Yoke thinks about the future less than maybe any player in the NBA. I think he right. actually thinks less about the past and future. But I do think it was a rare insight into him when he says, in the most definitive terms we've ever seen, that I, I have a player that I actually think is the best model for me, and it's Tim Duncan. One team, multiple championships, entire career. And yeah, I, he even went on uh, just to, like, discuss um, – just like what it what it means like to him, he, he like I the plan is to retire here. Like he, he said that even though he made the jokes and went around it, he said the plan is to retire here. And he exactly he talked about Tim Duncan of all the people. Like that's a known winner. That's also the best in that organization. You know that they've ever seen. So for him to like just keep on going after certain types of people like that. That goes. It was Larry Bird for a while. Now it's Tim Duncan. Can, that's I, t- can I tell you? He could have said Dirk. Could have. Yeah. He could have. Oh, we could have. But he, did, but he didn't. He said Tim Duncan. It's the and he best said answer. It's multiple the best championships. Answer. It really is the best, the best answer. answer I mean, I don't. Do you have something to add to this? Because it's just like, to me, the feel good quote of the, the millennium. Yeah, it's awesome, man. But it, it also speaks to the fact that winning a championship is the next thing that's up. It's the only right? thing for him, like, man. What's he left? can be Tim Duncan in terms of being this quiet leader, best player on the team franchise cornerstone just icon in the city well tim duncan won a bunch of championships so if he's actually going to be that guy yeah he can stay with the nuggets forever but he's not going to be tim duncan unless he delivers rings yeah it was great that's what's next up um also next up for him according to michael malone he's been saying this a lot lately although i feel like malone kind of malone there's a method to all of his madness you guys have to know that malone has been practicing his media day speeches for a for month a, for a month like yeah. he he has been jotting these down this is how he works he knows what the media's role in all of this is and how he can sort of wag the dog so to speak but you know he was very pointed about yoke has found his voice but still uses it too sparingly He's like, when he does speak, everybody's listening. But he almost makes it sound like he's still trying more, more, more mm-hmm. for Yoke in that capacity. And Yoke maybe agrees or disagrees. We don't, I don't know. But to me, that was the big takeaway is Malone. Um, everybody is waiting for him to say something. And when he does, everyone is listening. Um, but I want him to be more vocal in the huddles and in the locker room. So there's the challenge for Yoke this year. And like we were talking about earlier with just the new faces here, there's a lot of outspoken dudes on this roster now. Yeah. You know. Bruce Brown, DeAndre Jordan, Jeff Green. Is Bruce Green. Brown outspoken? I think he can be. I think he can be comfortable in, in talking. I um, think, But that's different from outspoken. I agree with you. I think he's comfortable speaking. Yeah, so I think it's well, – there's also a lot of veterans on this team now. So I think it's maybe even a new challenge when it comes to Yoke stepping up in that capacity um, because, like, I'm sure DeAndre Jordan's going to take on a leadership role here, you know? Casey, like the, these guys have been around. They've been around great leaders before. So for Yoke to be able to talk to those guys is is something new because they weren't here last year. Let's hit MPJ here real quick. Um, I thought he had the it was the only guy today that I thought was a little bit of a strange not not strange but like there was a very a mood to the to the day and he was the one guy that was just a little bit different and maybe that's his personality like. Let's, to be honest, yeah. Michael Porter has a strange personality. I'm not breaking news here. He's a little bit different. Um, 
But he did have things that just went against the grain. Like, whereas Jamal or maybe this, everybody was on the same page. And one of those was the shocker of the Michael Porter presser. He says, I would prefer to play all 82 games. I don't think the careful route makes any sense. And I just love this from a guy that's like already missed two, almost two it's full seasons. <laughs> I actually kind of love it that he's like, look, guys, I just want to play. I don't like. Yeah. Sitting out, what does that mean? I just want to play. Now, that tells you a couple things. One, he must be feeling great personally yeah. if he's like, I'm ready to play in every single game. Uh, and two, just like a different approach to him. Like Michael Porter, he had some weird things today, like saying doctors don't know everything. And you, know, like, you get mixed reports. He talked to a lot of doctors, got different different ports, this or that. Some of those things that you can maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe make your eyebrows raise a little bit. But I think the heart of everything he is saying is, I don't think about these things or worry about them. I just want to play, and I want to play every game, and I want to play as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, with MPJ, I feel like everyone else came into media day um, loose and wanting to just you know talk about what they did in the off season and things like that. I feel like MPJ came in with the idea that he's going to use the media to yeah. get his point across. I feel like really with that big meeting that is coming up, he wanted to show I am able to play this year. I am back. I am ready. And I think that that's what today was about is trying to prove, like, I can play. You know, I'm actually, like, a a little bit more shocked that he didn't talk more about open gyms and being able to, like, you know, be, like, ready to just completely come back. Michael Porter has been working in silence this summer. Like, because yeah, yeah. one of the in things way, I wondered when we, he didn't, we didn't see him though. He dropped a little mixtape here, a little video yeah. there, but it, what we don't like, I don't even now know how he spent his summer, you mm-hmm. know, relative to some of the other guys on the team. And I think that was one of the things like I walked away from today was like, okay, he was working hard on his game yeah. just on his own, like yeah. in his own sort of world. Yeah. And I don't mind. Here, here's what there's nothing wrong with that. The only thing that scares you about that quote is you just hope. And again, not to imply that they aren't because we don't know. You, you want to hope that he and the team are on the same page right. about how to approach. I think there's actually something to what he said, though, particularly with the nature of the injury he has. Like the risk of Michael Porter shutting a season down is there this season. It's there next season. It's there the season after that. And like at a certain point. You are kind of hoping you get one to two healthy good years out of him. There's a bit of a cross your fingers thing. And so there you could put him in bubble wrap forever and it may not matter. I kind I kind of think there is something. Well, maybe to, like, vote. He's thinking about how he before last season played two straight years where he really wasn't hurt at all. Right. right. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But to go back to what you started with, Adam, look, we we're not on the inside, so we just have to play body language doctor. Especially with him. Especially with him. It's what we do. Everybody was, like we talked about with Jamal, excited for today, it seemed like. Everybody was jacked up to talk. Everybody was engaging. Everybody seemed really happy to be there. And again, maybe, um, maybe this is not how Michael Porter Jr. felt, but this is just what we saw. He was like hunched over in his chair, wasn't really talking into the mic. Like It was just such a difference between him and everybody else. Mm. And that's that's just what I observe being there. Like maybe it's that's totally not what's going on with him, but it just him compared to everybody else was just really stood out to me. I yeah, do, but he okay. did do his research though when he's talking about like Ben Simmons and other guys. He talked about like the mental aspect of coming back to playing basketball. So like a lot of it was mental, which lets me know he is ready physically because he is um talking about playing in all 82 games. Like 
physically he's ready, but he he continued to like harp on the mental aspect and trying to get himself back right, and then like the the mental recovery and things like that. And that's why I think it's like a lot different with MPJ than everyone else because you don't really talk about mental health with the other players. You just talk about them getting themselves back right and back together. But with him, you know, like I don't know if it's coding or what it is, but you're just trying to like get him to get a certain answer in a different way and he gives it to you but it's in a code and you have to try to break that code but he is ready for basketball and I think that that's the best timeline for for everyone else is like I'm ready to play I just have to get there I also think I wanted to kind of explain the doctor comments I think naturally someone with MPJ's background and, and some of the beliefs, the more things skew into the, the holistic alternative medicine approach, we're all going to maybe hold our breath. But I think what he was saying is that he doesn't put too much weight in prognosis from doctors, because if you'll like, if you'll remember, one doctor said he was undraftable, will never play again. Right. And then he played two and years. And then he played. So I guess. How what, else? How would you feel? You're right. That's what he, I think his, he's saying he can't, his mentality can't be contingent upon the prognosis. Right. He has to keep that's good, a positive outlook. Yeah, that's good. Uh, on more specifics, he did say that ball handling and shooting off of the dribble were emphasis. I mean, he, you ask players, every player you ask, like, what did you work on? They all say the same thing. My all around game, every aspect of it. If you're lucky enough, they might give you one little thing that they emphasize and he said shooting off the dribble and ball handling which to be honest with you there were two things i could ask for those would probably be it so i kind of like that answer i thought it was great and if he comes back with defense a defense would be good but yeah but how do you work on that we've talked about this before how do you work on defense you watch film even that though i mean i feel like is a little a little whatever so nonetheless i think you work on your offensive game because that's the thing you can work on and ball handling shooting off the dribble to me if porter can dribble off of a screen into a pull-up jumper the way that Damian Lillard and Steph Curry can. He's not going to get the same opportunities to do it as they can, but if he can be a, that level player, good night, everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, yeah. let's take a break. Uh, on the other side, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, all the new guys. We're going to run a little bit long today, guys, but it was uh, there's a lot to get to still. And some good stuff. The NFL action is in full swings here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins. New customers right now can bet $5 on any NFL team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. They've also got the stepped-up same-game parlay going. For every leg you add, uh, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, Let's go DNVR. They have, they have crazy deals right now for the start of football, man. Like every week, I'm like losing all my bets and breaking <laughs> even because of all these stupid, like these crazy promos that they have yeah, going on. You're right losing now. money by not signing up. <laughs> Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, the NFL minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, also, Cardo Golf, we got the CGA, Cardo Golf Association. If you want a CGA membership, Bruce Brown. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Oh man. Member probably <laughs> or soon to be. <laughs> I, I'm so hyped for Bruce Brown. He's up next. Join over <laughs> 70,000 so golfers <laughs> with the CGA today. Uh, membership to the CGA means you get exclusive courses around the state to play like Aspen Glen Club, the club at Ravina, the Pinery and more. You also gain access to exclusive content with offers and discounts from national and local companies, Imperial Golf Tech, PGA Tour Superstar, many more. 
Learn more about the CGA at coloradogolf.org. Use the code DNVR5 to get $5 off your membership. All right, and we are back. Uh, segment three. Dev, where do you want to go here? Let's go, I'll, I'll go Dev's choice. Let's go. We got through the big guys. About. Let's go through Bruce Brown. Media right. day snacks. We're right there. Media day snacks. Hey, goodness here. Fresh fruit. Fresh fruit was Ooh. a nice touch. I didn't touch anything of them. Um, Bruce Brown. That was a quick segment. Uh, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Brown. What, what stood out to you, Dev? Just like uh, that he's he's been around the block and he's excited to be in a new role. Like he's been on teams, especially just like his last, you know, the Nets. He was very open about like, I'm I'm new here. You know, I, I'm glad to not be in that situation anymore. And no one actually grilled him about it or anything like that. He like said what he said and he moved on. Did you kind of get the sense? Because DeAndre, Jeff Green, these guys all have played together in New York. Do you kind of yeah, get the like, sense? That place sucks. That, yeah. you get the sense that the group yep. text was like, yo, come here. Yep. There's yeah. like, come yo, on. Denver's chill. There's like, like come six here. Six dorks in the last Your quality of life is going to go through they, the roof They will here. not ask you about Kyrie once. Well, not yeah. once. They don't even <laughs> want to. Once. They don't even yeah. know how. He like straight up talked to about it too he's like you know i'm so glad that it's different here and also like at no point is it going to be close to what it was there yeah. and that's what the back-to-back mvp like he's not going to have to field all those questions the entire time i know it had to be great for him to come into a role um come into a situation where he was the focus in those interviews where you know people were wanting to ask about him and not everyone else um, I, I think that that has to be great. He was also very confident, very cocky. I love that. He is cocky. I That's love that. Bruce Brown, sneaky cocky. In fact, he's asked his first question. His answer is, we all know why I'm here for defense. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all know I can play defense, right? Guard one through five. Like, just very, like, all right. Yeah, and then he said something about how, yeah, I shot 40%. Yeah. 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 Not many say. people know that. Was it was it Porter who said he's a, he's a better shooter than I yeah. thought? He's like, dude, I shot 40% from three. Uh, shot like twelve percent in the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah. But like, I really I love the the, the cockiness, and I feel like it's, he's going to fit a role that Denver desperately needs. And for you to be a confident shooter, they're going to need that, and you're going to be a defender. He said he played positions one through five. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, man. We yeah. know damn well you don't play positions one through five. But I think he does be, actually. I disagree. There's no way on that Brooklyn team. He kind of did. He kind of does. <laughs> it's man. a little bit different of yes, a situation than point, here. Bruce playing five is like it's a oh little different God. than a five yeah. playing. Five. It was like Zeke playing three though. It's like you're right that it's not the prototypical three or the prototypical one or five. But I think that there is like I would not be surprised. I think all right. Here's the take. I think we will see him as a one and a five and probably two, three, and four are kind of the same, but. I think we'll see him at, as the five, and I think we'll see him as the one at some point this year. Yeah. I love every answer from a coach that starts off with, most of you probably don't know this, <laughs> but Malone said, like, most of you in this room are probably underselling this or probably don't know this, but Bruce Brown's going to be, like, a huge part of the team this year. Yeah. Michael Malone loves Bruce Brown. By the way, my favorite part about that, everyone knows. It's been I know, the talking point all offseason. It's so funny. But I yeah. love when a coach starts like that, though, because you're like, okay, this is actually something that they feel. Right. Michael Malone only reads kids. Um, let's, so go, let's go to Aaron Gordon now. Um, Aaron Gordon, first of all, we'll get this out of the way. You know, Matt Moore asked him about the thumbs down tweet, and I thought he handled this question extremely well. It's a tough one. He basically came out and just owned it, and I mean, he took a little, I took a little way out, saying like, I, I had to do more research. I didn't actually know what I was commenting on. Do I believe it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What he did come out and say is like definitively that what Anthony Edwards posted, he feels was wrong and warranted 
the fine. So whatever you want to say about it, he at least got out in front of it and didn't hide from it. He, he like made sure not to just say, I'm sorry, but also just to be clear, I think that is wrong and, and you know, what, what have you. So I just want to get that. We don't even have to talk about it. Um, oh, by the way, one, one more thing about Bruce Brown. He did say one, call out one player in particular. Do you guys remember who it was? Nobody remembers. Call he, out on the Nuggets? Yeah, saying like that they really impressed him. You guys don't uh, remember. Bones. Bones is a oh, bucket. Yeah. <laughs> he was asked, he's he like, did. the whole, all the guys look really good. And then when he, he gets to Bones, he goes, Bones. Man, Bones is a bucket. Yeah, he even, he even talked about extreme energy with him, right? Extreme energy, yes, exactly. Like, yeah, like scores at all three. You're right, because he went through like all the players, like AG, blah, blah, blah. He didn't say anything about him. Then he gets to Bones, and he had like a paragraph. Which is great, because this is like a, a really good defender who's now having to play against him, and he sees, like, all right, it's tough being in front of him. Uh-huh. This guy that could play positions one through five um, calls out the, you know, the young springy guy, and he also said, like, he's good. Like, he's for real legit. Like, he, he straight up said that. But, like, yeah, for Bones, I'm telling you, for Bones, everybody called out Bones at some point. Mm-hmm. That, he, he, that yeah. just shows what he's been. Here's another observation. A lot of headbands on the Nuggets this season. <laughs> yeah. KCP, Bruce Brown, two newcomers, both headband guys. Yeah. AG, yeah. Bones. Zeke has, Zeke, yeah. Zeke and KCP walked out. They look like they could have been, like, Bro- brothers. Yeah, 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 Same hair, yeah. headband. Um, and I thought it was interesting, Bruce Brown, and uh, not you can read too much into this, but Michael Porter and Bruce Brown walking out together, I thought was interesting. Like, the pairings today were, you know, a little bit noteworthy. Uh, Aaron Gordon, though, going back through it, how did he work on some of the things? He went through synergy, best three games, worst three games, and then worked with his agent and some of his, you know, his advisors about different statistical categories, um, that he could work on. Um, he, again, this is what's funny. He was asked about Jokic being more of a vocal leader. He's like, he already is. He talks every time out, every game, makes sure to run the same page. So. I was genuinely curious about that. I didn't feel like we had a, de- a definitive read on to what extent he's vocal on yeah. game nights. But. Uh, he, he said that Ish Smith is a problem. But then later said, and a solution. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of fun. I, I, I was going to do it. Someone, I love AG, man. Shout out whoever Ish asked. the uh, mathematical equation Smith. Yeah. And I love whoever it was that we actually asked, are you aware that you're a Nuggets killer to Ish Smith? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, uh, you know what's funny, man? I hear that in Boston. I hear that in Phoenix. Yeah. You know what's point, funny? I actually went back and looked at numbers. That narrative's kind of not really true. Well, he did kill him one night. There's one game. Yeah, it was really him. one game. Yeah. It was great to see uh, <laughs> to see those two up there. Of course you looked at that. Aaron Gordon loved Ish Smith. It was, Ish Smith yeah. loved Aaron Gordon. It was Gordon. a great pair. <laughs> that's would, what I'm saying. The chemistry. Like, this is a great locker room, man. Yeah. Every, like, so they, many good guys. Just yeah. so many cool personalities. But, yeah, you could just tell, like, that, like, that Ish Smith has been around for so long that people do like know who he is and they talk about him being a bucket and he embraced that. But just like to go back to Aaron Gordon, like he's just he's just a guy that I, I feel like he could get along with every single player. I agree. Like I he agree. could you could put him on any team in the league, he's gonna be fine. Um, he's gonna be okay. And like he was excited to talk about um, the additions of uh, KCP and uh, Bruce Bowen and not have Bruce Brown and not having to actually uh, guard um, anymore. And I think that that was like my big standpoint because he's just like, I get to be who I you know wanted to be. I don't have to get the ball every single time. Uh, I actually like flying under the radar. Um, I like you know de- defending like that. Even someone gave him a pass about like not having to be a point of attack defender, and he's like. 
I'm still going to do those things. Like, I still am going to be that. Um, but also, I now get to go under the radar. And you could just see, like, that bromance and just talking to each other the entire time. So that was, like, that was great. Can we power rank bromances today? Oh, I'm into that. Mm. Yeah. I think number one is going to be Jeff and DeAndre. That was the supreme bromance. Those guys yeah, are best friends. Dude. I think Ish and AG might be number that two. Was good, that was man. good, man. That hang was hang on, super hang on. good. Are we talking Yoke, about press conference Yoke bromances? Jamal. Yoke Jamal. I think it's three. It was great. But I'm saying these guys the were, ones, like... They 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 are there to have fun, you know. <laughs> everyone else was there to have fun. Like you could tell, Jeff. Did you think them, like, Ish Smith and Aaron Gordon enjoyed their presser today? I did. Do you yeah. think Yoke enjoyed his? No. <laughs> I'm. Saying, I rest my case. I'm saying you put those two next to each other and just show them smiling at each other, and everyone is like, "Oh, we're back." And then and, uh, it's Bo- been a long Bones way. and Vlatko were the two guys who have just never talked uh, to each other before, but then we're once. just vibing <laughs> off one another. <laughs> they like, were so dude is cool. You put you. <laughs> Put Bones, the most outgoing dude in the oh, locker room, right. with Vlaco, the most hey, reserved. Shouts to Nico Head for playing yeah. the pair. It was a great pairing. <laughs> the matchmaker over here. Bones was uh, <laughs> Bones was actively realizing that Vlaco was funny in real time. Yeah, it's like I've never talked like, to this, this dude before. Great, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this guy was funny. <laughs> Holy shit, that's so funny. Um, it was funny, like Vlaco, because the Bones Vlaco presser was. 90% Bones, 10% Vlatko. Oh, perfect mix. And Vlatko just, for most of it, was just sitting there and just smiling He at was Bones. like, he was taking in the presser. <laughs> you know, he, he was like, wow. This guy's awesome. He's like, this kid really is big time. This guy, he this really is, is Mr. Nugget. Okay. <laughs> he really is. And by the way, by the way. I think he is. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, after yeah, today, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you have to be back in the room. Yeah, to I got of, overzealous. We could feel, hey, can can I say one more AG point? AG said that he... Uh, after right after the season ended, he quote downloaded end quote the playoff series. He's like downloading. I thought was the, the verb he used, and just sort of taking stock of what went right for him in that series, what went wrong. That seems obvious, but particularly for him in the series that he had, the first half of it a nightmare, mm-hmm. the second half very validating. You want to make sure that Gordon isn't like, okay, I just made it through that series. You want right. him to have meaningful takeaways about what got him postseason success. Do you think he was downloading it in his head or just off synergy onto his computer? I think he literally meant downloading. <laughs> he might actually have literally meant I wish that would have been like a, a follow-up with the synergy question because like no other guy had that approach of he said that like he took the, like this best three games and his like worst three games and then put them together and then tried to find um you know the things that went well and what didn't go well and I feel like that's like genius, like to actually go through because like AG has some pretty big games last year, but there was also games that he underachieved right. and he understood that. And just to see like, okay, if if we were able to sit there and talk to him for a, a bit longer, like, okay, well, what did you find from that? Or right, what was right, like some right. of the things that stood out and, and what, like, how does that make you a better player? Because this year is going to be a lot of um, under the radar, but still big ones, um, big time like moments and stuff like that. So I, I was excited to hear him say those type of things because it was like there's more to ag than just athleticism and just playing you know right. extremely hard the whole time but like there's like a, a a mental edge that he's trying to gain one of the things you lose in this type of media scrum where like everybody's just trying to get their question in or whatever is because you said you wish there was a follow-up but there's like there's a follow. lot of you can't follow or i try sometimes i butt it in just over but yeah. there were some where like somebody would say something really interesting yeah. that clearly warranted one and someone would speak in with like what was your favorite thing you did this summer and you're like yeah. god damn it AG was like so yeah i downloaded all these clips off synergy my uh, best three games my worst three games i think i'm more of a uh, 
a high IQ place. So wait, where is that warehouse with the gym? Is that your home? Why are there cars there? That's wacky, man. That's wacky. Like, all right. Um, The last thing on AG, though, he did say that there's, when asked about what it's like now having these guys back, his answer I thought was in typical AG hilarious fashion. He says, there's a certain level of calmness. Yeah. Like you have those guys there, and he kind of laughs about. It. He's like, "Are you?" Well, what did he say actually when somebody asked him? He's like, "Are what you kidding?" Mean? He says, like, "What do what you mean?" He's like, "What do you mean, bro? <laughs> like what?" It's like no, but then he said, "Yeah, it's like you just play calm when you have so many guys. Any guy that can get you twenty and a quarter, they got all those guys on there." Um, keeping it moving here, uh, we talked about Ish Smith. Let's get into it. Um, I thought his perspective on everything was just so awesome. Like the way <laughs> the one of the things he kept saying, and this is actually another theme I would say about it. This team, to me, felt very much grateful, as you used to describe Jamal Murray. But Ish Smith kept talking about, enjoy this, guys. Enjoy it. Jack White was talking about, they kept telling me it's going to fly by, and it yep. already is. Like These guys were all like, hey, man, we're in this moment, right. and let's soak in. This is part of why I right. think the vibes are so good. Is everybody kind of seemed to have this, we're in a moment. Let's enjoy it. Even Ish Smith. Who is like, enjoy the roller coaster, enjoy life. Things won't always be easy. It's how you deal with it that matters. I thought it was Ish Smith is like, enjoy this because you can get traded to a new team every single year <laughs> like, like I am. You can be in Washington before you know it. <laughs> I, yeah. I truly loved the like how open he was about being traded all those times. Like uh, yeah. I think a lot of times people were like, I feel bad for him. He's like, don't feel bad for me. It's like, a business. I'm getting paid to play basketball. Yeah. Like he had that like the the, the mindset of this is a business, and I'm okay with that. And and also, he's taking things and he's learning along the way. Um, he even spoke about you know being in Denver. He's like you know with all those bouncing around, he hasn't really been on many contenders. Right. Like, right. So like that was that's what's different here is that he's like you get to actually play for a championship. That's fun. Um, and I also feel like he's going to actually play this year. Like um, Malone alluded to the fact that I mean it's going to be. Jamal, then Bones, then him. So it's going to be times that he has to step up and play. Right. Well, and if Gillespie would have played, yeah. Smith will definitely. So play. that like pushes him down. So now there's an opportunity, and and he embraces that more than anyone else. Um, so I, I liked how professional he was, but so also just like it's a business, and and, and you got to learn those type of things. And he even said, I don't overthink what my role will be. Because you, he kind of got the trap question of like, hey, do you think you're going to play t- this year? Do you think you're going to have a defined role? And he's like, guys, I just hoop. I don't worry <laughs> about any of those things. And part of his background, I'm sure, has given that of like, you can't control what your role is going to be. You can't control if your team's rebuilding or trying to win or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Just go out there and be yourself. And he's good with it. And it made me think he might go through a month where he plays a lot, a month where he doesn't play at all. And I think he'll be good with it either way, or both, whatever. Um, but then also, he did shout out one player. Said they're special. Do we remember who it was? It was Bones Highland. Bones Highland. Bones, Bones is special. Um, let's get into KCP. Who was who was that with Ish? Oh no, we already went AG. Um, gosh, there's so many guys. All right, let's get into Bones real quick. Uh, he did say he reached another level of confidence, which I feel like I don't know if that's what possible. even is yeah, that. I think he's just still confident. <laughs> Um, he did say his <laughs> like, highlight. I do love Bones is so great, man. I do love that his highlight of the summer was when he intentionally missed a free throw yeah. so that he could end the game out of. I just love it, man. Yeah. Talk about cocky. <laughs> was that before or after his confidence went up another level? <laughs> yeah, for real. He did say he couldn't watch Euro Basket because he couldn't figure it out. Which we got, you know, Bones hit us up, man. We could have, could have found a Bones, link for we you. Got you. you. We got this. you, dude. You know I, this, we got Bones. you. Um, but he did say he watched all of the highlights. Uh, he did make Vlaco very hu- at one point. Vlaco hugged him for his uh, yeah. enthusiasm for his guys. He gained six pounds, which I love. Everybody goes in intervals of five. He, was, he went six. <laughs> he, he also said. 
but my metabolism so fast i don't know if it matters can yeah. i tell you something it doesn't matter like yeah, there's it, no amount of weight you could have told me he gained but i'm like whatever it doesn't matter so, um so i love that he was kind of telling the truth you're right number six it is the truth yeah. Yeah. and he's like and i lost it all already i'm gonna <laughs> run that off really quick no, there no, are no, guys no. in the past who've been like i gained 20 pounds you're like you look the exact same right, right? i gained 20 and you're like come on so I did like I that. I believed you, Trey Lyles. He did say ever. <laughs> he did say that his biggest jumps have always been year two, high school, college, and how the NBA, which is a classic Bones. I love it. Isn't yeah. that a classic Bones? Yeah, man. It's it's just great. I love this. I said, he kept saying that he's just in the best headspace, and every time he said it, my personal headspace improved. It's so true. Oh, you want to know the best line though is where he just talked about you know doing the thing at the dog park and this or that, and he's like, guys, that's me. Like, some people get tired of doing that. He's like, not me. I could be in the community for hours and hours. Building relationships takes you farther than basketball will. And I love. It. And honestly, here's the thing about it. I do think there's a lot of sincerity to it. I've talked a lot about bones. To me, reminds me of Jamal years back where it's like he's just young like me being a, an old 38 year old like when, sometimes when i'm around these 20 21 year olds i'm like man these guys are so young um and i st still feel that but i thought that this was like a very honest and insightful when people can be insightful about themselves i'm always extra imp impressed mm -hmm. and i thought that was an insightful self-analysis of like guys i just get energy from being around people man and yeah. that's why i do it bones man i don't know if there's many guys in the league who just are enjoying life as much as Bones is. He's a special kid. He's man. living life to the fullest. Yeah. And that comes off in everything he does. It comes off when he's doing the stuff off the court in Denver like he did this summer. It comes off when he's playing. He's just, he's on a, he's at a 10 all the time. <sighs> Anything else on Bones here? I'm he said when he played against Jamal Murray for the first time on the practice court, he had tears in his eyes because he was so happy that jamal was back i always think back i might have shared this before Are but you kidding? imagine <laughs> no. magic johnson allegedly in his first game game winner at the buzzer i think kareem hits a skyhook or something at the buzzer to win game one of the season and he runs and jumps in his arms because he was so excited and kareem's like bro it's the first game. What are you doing? I feel like that's Bones. He brings yeah. that energy where guys are like, all right. right you right. need one guy that's on a road trip. You need somebody that's like excited on the first Absolutely. mile. And you're like, all right, this guy's going to pick it up. Uh, Vlaco, we didn't ask him about being Chucky. I'm actually kind of bummed yeah, about it. Yeah, that was a failure. We really, we, I had it in my notes. Man, we got a lot you had of opportunities. I had it in my notes. We got a lot I of chance to talk to him. Uh, we do. Okay. Uh, he, the his only note I have from Vlaco, other than hugging Bones at one point, is him saying the difference between Jokic and Luka is that Luka yells a lot. He want, yells at the refs. He yells at teammates. <laughs> Luka does he yells, yell a lot. He yells at the crowd. He yeah. wants everyone to know that he's the best, and he says that Jokic, not so much. <laughs> uh, you know what I love from Vlaco? Uh, he has not ever intentionally bricked a free throw so he can hit a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he does not have the balls for that. <laughs> He's like, I don't have my balls for big enough for Can't that. help but just be honest. Yeah. Zeke Naji uh, gained a bunch of weight over the summer, 10 pounds according to him. It has not slowed him down, though. I, I love this note. I love this note. He's like, but I don't want you thinking this has slowed me down on the perimeter. I'm still just as fast out there as I've ever been. I'm just stronger. My favorite quote from Zeke was, I gained muscle to get stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like to set screens no no to, to be get, stronger, to get stronger. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, he sees himself as more of a four than a five but he's willing to play the five he's more comfortable as a four allows him to be more versatile which I understand and then he gave us this great disc, um, detail he says Ryan Saunders is a Minnesota guy and he has some familiarity there and other guys had talked about Ryan Saunders already putting his stamp he's going to be like the defensive coordinator already kind of putting his stamp on those types of things 
wasn't necessarily so much schematically right. as much as like the way they're coaching details, which again, this is the thing I always talk about. I get annoyed about talk about, you know, what type of pick and roll defense is a team playing? Playbook. We have it, right? We have access to the entire playbook. Every team plays has the same playbook with the difference are the details. And that's why I saw some conversation about, oh, are they changing the pick and roll scheme to be this or that? To me, and Davon Reed even went in on this saying, it's really more about the details of the, the scheme that are going to change or this or that. And I just thought that was a really cool detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, also, I mean, it's a, it's a, like, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because he did not use these words. This is me talking. That's a, a kind of a, a bold quote, right? Like when you go from one coach to the next and you say, look, I anticipate an increased level of focus, mm-hmm. you know, essentially conceding that the requisite level wasn't there last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Zeke Naji, of course, um, you know, the first, the court he built in Nigeria along with his family and his foundation is the first of five, which I hadn't seen that detail. So there are going to be five of them as well as a STEM aspect. That's, of course, science, technology. What is it? Even? You're an educator, engineering, engineering and, and math. math. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, going to have an academic uh, component of all of this, which I think is really just really cool. Um, you know who is a sneaky great? Not the MVP, but a sneaky great today. Davon Reed. Oh yeah, I thought Davon was fantastic tonight. He said it was a sigh of relief knowing what he's been through to get to this point to get a full contract. I don't think people appreciate players like him mm. and the journey that they went through to get here constantly being at the doorstep but never getting to walk through the door and getting a con- I don't even remember what the terms of his contract were how much did he guarantee I think he got the PJ Dozier deal so it's like 3 or 4 million or something like that right but there's, you're scoffing at 3 or 4 million if i gave you 3 or 4 million right now it'd be a life changing thing can, yeah. well he's <laughs> also been already through the process of not getting 3 or 4 yeah. million so he's like stuck around there and i love the fact that he got to talk about um, not being there with his team, yep. um, you know, with the playoffs. Like, this is a guy that was, um, you know, not big in the rotation, but a part of the team and not being able to play and how, you know, in a way he didn't say it, but it was like he was like, I I felt like I wasn't able to be with my guys. Right. Um, so, like, that goes a long way. But, yeah, I love how well-spoken uh, Davon is. Like, he's, he's real um, – like he, he talks, he talks extremely well and about guys, and you could tell that he's like a favorite on the team that everybody's open with and wants to talk very um, to him. Yeah, very oh. composed. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> is he not? He's, is he not composed? He's very composed. Mister Dependable Composure. <laughs> Mister Deposure. These guys probably read the internet. And they're like, they I don't understand don't what anybody's saying happening. about us. I don't understand. <laughs> He's like, Mr. Dependable. Search their name, and it's just like inside jokes. I'm like, what? Um, I will say with KCP, we got to keep it moving here. I only have two notes. Um, one of them is that he has been around as little as like anybody else on the ride. He's barely been around, it seems, a little bit. Nothing to read in there. The last one, the last. this is the biggest note of the day from KCP. He said the Lakers practiced during COVID. I need Adam Silver to open up an investigation guys, into the 2020 Lakers. Guys, he said legally. No, there wasn't legal to practice during COVID. <laughs> no. he, had, he confessed it. You know why we know it wasn't legal? Because nobody knew nobody about, it. Nobody <laughs> about it. Nobody talked about I it. I can't put him on blast. I can't. It's, it's no, it's I, on record. It is on record. It's, it's on not record. me. It's not me that's saying this. I will say. But today, it, be, it also was in response to a question about like why they, why won, they, the why they won the championship. Because we were the only team that practicing. That's actually what he said. For a three-month window. That is so crazy to say out loud. It is 
true? So Isn't crazy. this true? Um, Four-month window. I'm telling you, this illegal. The Lakers champion has so many asterisks next to it. It's, a fake, it's a fake championship. Although I will that. say today, uh, Anthony Davis. Counted, though, for I only Denver. saw one quote out of Lakers practice. It was Anthony Davis has a quote where he says, I should have been defensive player of the year in 2020, which I just love because it's so far ago. <laughs> like, get over it, dude. He, <laughs> no so way he actually I swear to God he said that this today. No. Like, I should have been defensive player of the year, not last year. Two years ago. Oh, it's so oh. ridiculous. <laughs> Hate that Lakers team. Uh, Peyton Watson has his own videographer following him today. I thought that was kind of funny. His own guy, like, <laughs> doing him the little yeah. inside behind the scenes with Peyton Watson. Um, he's in the best shape of his life, constantly bringing the energy, that young energy that he has, according to him, especially on defense. He says he knows Andre Miller from they're both L.A. guys. He has a relationship with them. Um, those are the only notes I had on Peyton Watson. Anybody oh, no, like uh, a big thing. A lot of the conversation was always around Kevin Durant. He said his big bro and mentor is Russell Westbrook. L.A. Mm. guy, right? L.A. LA guy. And yep. UCLA guy. But still, yep. like, yep. Yep. that was Good that call. was crazy. For, like, that was a new one for me because um, he right. never, you know, discussed that at all before. Peyton? Just kinda so four I don't know if I've ever seen such a middle ground between, like, the disparity between where he's picked, where he's at as a prospect, and his inner circle. Uh, yeah, I do. Bowl, bowl. Uh, bowl, bowl was taken in the second yeah, round. But Peyton seems to be a little more under the wing. Of well, like also, Kevin Peyton, was ha- Peyton Watson hangs with Kevin Durant. Bowl, bowl was hanging with, like... The well, yeah. celebrities in this round. I mean, yeah, you know, young thug. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Christian Brown, not a Chiefs fan. It's my only note for him. I love it. I'm already. I actually really like Christian Brown. Man. Are we gonna really put Christian Brown on blast though? <laughs> for the Chiefs thing? Like, no, no, first no, favorite no, NFL player. Say, yeah. Oh, Tom for Tom Brady. Brady. I like how he stopped and he goes. I keep realized in, in mid second, like that's not gonna fly in yeah, Denver. He's like, Shit. I know. Yeah. yeah, his Q score rose for like 1.6 seconds, and then he tanked. like I don't like the Chiefs. I like Tom Brady. And, he's oh, like, yeah. and then Dev sitting here it. just being like, my guy. <laughs> yeah. yep. But he had like a Harrison Wynn type of like, uh, like give me three NFL players. And he's just like, my favorite. Oh, get out of here. I love it. Get out of here. It is like, like, like Joe Harris. Uh, let me see who else yeah. do I like. Yeah. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Zvi Mikhailuk. Uh, I was like, oh, you racist. It wasn't me. He said his list. He said Christian, Christian McCaffrey, Tom Brady, uh, and Cooper, Cooper Cup. Uh, and I was like, hmm, why oh those three guys? God. You guys. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Not, up, not Mahomes? <laughs> oh, God. That's too funny. Uh, but I thought he was great, man. Like, I liked him. I, I just thought he was, he was relaxed. I really like Jack White, man. I'm a big – here, it's something or nothing. Jack White says he leads in three of the five three-point shooting competitions that they have. Something. The yeah. only question I had about him is, can he shoot the three? It was something and nothing. What, what I started to see <laughs> along the way is no one else was competing. That's how true. That. That's, That's what I started point. to see. Like, Because everybody's like, oh, I haven't got a crack at it and stuff like that. The shooters. Um, Just KCP, right? Well, he said like MPJ said he wants to come after it, but he that means that he didn't. Didn't KCP say like, yeah, Jack White knows he's not the best shooter. Yeah, yeah. no, Bones did. Oh, is that Bones? Is Jack White the best shooter on the team? Bones. No, <laughs> he knows he's. Not. Yeah, but there was also no. like the numbers that he said on those competitions. Like that was what stood out. Like he's like, n- like knocking down eighty-seven like three pointers and stuff like that. Like that's that's something. Like even if there if it is there. 
in the next coming weeks, they got to come out and say, like, yeah, I broke that record, even though it's going to end today. You still have to see if that, that's come. Also, that means that, like, a lot of other shooters that there's been there the last couple of years, how is he now the record holder? That means that they did have a crack at it before, and he's the one that has it all. All right. We gotta I be- don't know. It's... It's a story. I like Jack White. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm a big Jack White fan. I think he fan. can play. I don't, I'm not. I don't think it'll matter on this team because there are so many other good players. Oh, I walked away from media day today thinking, I'm like, I, I like, not, look, we root for the Nuggets here. But I kind of walk away going like, all easy to root for, man. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, like, it's like, so. it, there's yeah. nobody that you kind of have to really, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. be that guy. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Um, yeah. Last duo we have to get to, maybe the best duo, Jeff, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. I did not know. I did not expect what we got from these guys today. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. I don't think DeAndre knew what to expect today either. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, I totally get it though, man. Everybody talks him. about like how much he can like charm everyone. Yeah. I'm charmed. I love DeAndre. <laughs> um, the first five questions, maybe it's only three questions he fielded today, and quite including one sort of pointed one from Chris Marlowe, was basically, "You're old. Is the, are you too old?" And he finally Can interrupted. You still jump. Like he honestly came in, vibes up, grabbed some chips. You know, he's having a good time, and like he kind of, you kind of saw him be like, "Time out." He like actually was like, "Hold up, okay, you, you, you guys all asked. Do you guys think I'm? You guys not realize I'm 34, which is actually kind of young, but." So do you, am I injury prone or something? That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Said I, I love that uh, DeAndre Jordan made Jeff Green, you know, be able to like be himself. Yes, I yeah. agree. Because we haven't seen that. We get to see yeah. him be the old vet. He's the older guy on the team and things like. He got to just like, hey, look, this is what we're used to. I, they did this to me last year, but he never called us out. Yeah, for exactly. It. Things like that. So like this was his time. Like us. he's like, I'm glad someone else is getting to feel this, and now I'm going to throw some jabs as well. We were like Jeff. What's it like dunking at 2,000 years old? <laughs> Please tell us more. Jeff should have been like, when he said, hey, they did it to me last year, and he should have been like, and then I set a record for most dunks in my yeah. career. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, I think that like the, the best part was, he's like, I thought you guys were with us. <laughs> I thought you were on our side. I thought you was on our side. Like, that was actually like funny. Like, the, really, they like, they had... They had real chemistry where they're just <laughs> they did like have real chemistry. You know, like they're like they're gonna they you do can a tell podcast. they're gonna do those. I hope that they have something throughout the year where they're just being fun and they're being able to um have guys open up a little can bit. Can we reach more. out to them? Jeff Jeff Green, DeAndre, you guys want to pod we'll we'll edit it. Kale, you'll edit it, right? Sure. Yeah, it's Kale. Super producer Kale is all over it. He's you not guys, busy. You guys gotta do a podcast. Um and then Jeff Green, you know, um, he, I love this line from Jeff. He says, people on the outside get caught up so much in the basketball. And, I, and the more I cover this league, you know, people that have been following my career, my career, me doing this since when I first did it, I used to do way more like X's and O's, almost like kind of stuff. The reason part, one of the reasons that it slowed down a little bit, I still do that stuff a lot, the list or what have you. But one of the reasons is because I do think people really overstate those things. I was talking this earlier about the playbooks and, oh, the defensive terminology, this or that. But honestly, man, the more I'm seeing this, the more I'm like, I can talk about this, this, or this, but the real things that are impacting the game are these other things. And him to say that is like, you guys can focus on the basketball. Man, so much of it is this other stuff behind the scenes. The vibes. The vibes. Just how do you carry yourself as an adult? We talk about the vibes. It's not bullshit. It's like, not. That's there's so a reason funny. we talk about it so much. And sometimes, and like the X's and O's of this obviously matter a lot, especially when you get into the playoffs to become significantly more important. But I do think that those things get overstated in a lot of even analysts' minds, especially those that aren't like credentialed media members or this or that, because the more you see behind the curtain, the more you're like, this is actually the real challenge. It's my biggest takeaway today. Malone going out of his way to point out in in hindsight that that was the worst September they ever had 
solely with the point of juxtaposition that this was a good one. Really, you know, the things are better. That's my biggest takeaway. We knew on paper after Booth's moves that this roster has more or less everything it needs. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the ingredients, too. And so when you hear that Jeff worked the guys out, that AG had the team over, that they played paintball, that that those vibes are there, that that stuff isn't just a media day checklist. It's step one in the long journey. Uh, hit that outro music here, Kale, and tell me, let's Whew. go around the, the list here. I know we went a little bit long today. MVP of, of Media Day. I know it's a dumb award, but we can hand the... Who's in the conversation for MVP of Media Day? Go first, Harrison. I'm going to give it to Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Vibes are incredible. I'm going to also go with Jamal Murray. Like, he, he was just a different Jamal. Like, I like this. Um, humble in a way, but like, you know, Wynn was saying... Grateful. He's just grateful. He really is. Um, he understands what basketball means to him, and he had it taken away. I, I do think we're going to see um, a Jamal that just really loves to play instead of just straight competing, competing, competing the entire time. Where are you going to go? Bones. Bones was. I thought, I thought Bones was the the star. You of, thought he was the star of his own presser, but other people's answers. as well. You think well. he outshined Vladko? No, no. But I'm saying, I'm saying, when you ask people, like you said, right? Like, and which name did they mention? Everyone said Bones. Everyone said Bones. I think Bones is a great answer. I think Jamal's a great answer. I'm gonna go Jeff and DeAndre just to give a different answer. I think one of those two answers is probably right. Maybe both of them. But Jeff and DeAndre to me, the highest from expectation to what we actually got today. They were fantastic. Yeah. Set a great <laughs> mood. Warmed and lightened up the mood. I will say, I thought this was a great. Uh, a great media day. You can mm -hmm. always tell the vibe around a team early on. You just get a sense of it. Harrison and I are going to be out in San Diego. We're going to really get a sense. Now when it turns to seriousness, now when it gets to business, we're going to, you know, we'll be covering all of that. We should have some great interviews from behind the scenes as the Nuggets go uh, into this. But I thought as far as day one goes, this one to me gets an A+. Plus. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Felt great to be back. And I think it felt great for those guys to be back. Listen, man. It's just media day, but you can fail media day. Go ahead and Google Boston Celtics. Yeah, but Google them. No, they're not even the biggest failures. The biggest failures have got to be the Phoenix Suns, who don't have a player. Sign. They had a player that spent the weekend making a mixtape and not go, getting ready to go to GAM. Actually, it's a trade demand mixtape. It's the first of its kind. Yeah, that's... A brand new genre of mixtape, Bossman99, yeah. a.k.a. AJ Crowder, is, is made. <laughs> the first of its kind. The first yeah. of its kind. It's a like, new frontier. The this trade is a tra mixtape. Trade me mixtape. <laughs> yeah. It's got quotes in there. It's got like, I think Adam Ray Lewis or somebody behind like it's unbelievable man so yes you can fail media day the the nuggets did not they passed it with flying colors we're out of here everybody thanks so much hit that like button on the way out and join us every single day this week as we're bringing you live reports from training camp see you then